Um, obviously, Halloween is uh, less than a week away. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've got a two-part question. First part question is, Have you did you watch Hocus Pocus 2? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. We had nice. it earlier tonight while we were on it, like on doing computers. Mm-hmm. Um, what did did the first Hocus Pocus have like a role in your childhood in terms of like Halloween movies? Yeah, definitely. I loved it. Um, I can't remember if it was like on TV or we go to the video store to rent it. I know it's Disney Channel, but um, I think it was just always on TV. I loved it. If you as a kid, like what was your go to Halloween movie? It was probably Casper, actually. Casper with Christina Ricci. Yeah, I think we watched we watched that last year. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one, too. I would say that's probably. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one a lot. That is a Uh, solid one. Well, was yours was yours Hocus Pocus? It was not Hocus Pocus. Uh, Stephanie's was was Hocus Pocus more. Um, I I had a few that were go tos. My I'm like I'm into all the like Charlie Brown. Oh, uh, the special, Great Pumpkin. So always watch Great Pumpkin. Oh, um, that's obviously quite short though. The other one that I was super into were the Adam Sandler movies, and particularly oh. not not Values, which was also good, but the original like the Adams Family. Like old school? No, no, no. There's, so there's, there's two, right? There's okay. two that have With like Christina Ricci and Christina Ricci and everything. <laughs> of course, she's like the Halloween. Yeah. Um, but we have the. It's the one where Christopher Lloyd is like Fester, but he yes. is like gone for a long time. They do the knife dance and everything. That was my classic that I would watch every. That's Halloween. a good one. I like that. Oh, so good. Like I should rewatch that because I bet it holds up. It feels like it would. I want to rewatch Beetlejuice. That was not a childhood one, but that was a little bit older, uh, which it would came out when I was a child. And that movie scared me. It was always on in the Costco on the on the TVs they were selling. And it was always the the scene with um, Harry Belafonte playing where they're doing the day, like dancing around the table. And it scared me so much as like a six year old or whatever. But then when I got older, I was like, I want to watch that. And now I feel like it's a Halloween movie, kind of spooky. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. Comedy Central used to play that one all the time, too. Yeah. Um, who Who's the lead? Um, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. That's right. I was like, it's not Christina Ricci again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're goth, goth type person. Yeah. Anyway. Ah, Christina Ricci. I think I had a crush on her, too. Who we didn't. <laughs> of course. Shall we dive into the episode? Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Houston, what's up? And we are not only a podcast, but we are now a video podcast, a vodcast. Do people call it that still? I don't know, I know that people call that ever. I know, <laughs> like old, a vlog. old people do. <laughs> like vlog, <laughs> vlog, yeah. A vodcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't think people say that, but we okay. are on YouTube, so you can check us out there if you want to. Um, welcome, welcome, <laughs> everybody. This is, of course, our episode four about, um, uh, this is episode four of American Horror Story NYC Blackout is what we're talking about right now. Um, we are recording this back to back with the previous episode, which was Smoke Signals, so we don't have a whole lot of like mailbag type stuff to go through at the beginning of this episode. One thing I will say is I was looking a little bit and just thinking about the history of New York blackouts up mm-hmm. until this point, um, which 
you know, is well, one thing that was interesting to me is that we just had a, you mentioned in a previous episode that you were watching only murders in the building for the first time. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten to season two yet? No, we, no, I haven't started it yet. Okay. So there's a blackout in season two of only murders in the building. So that kind of felt funny that we were having another New York based show with blackouts, but you know, as I said, New York history has a history of blackouts, the most notorious of which happened, I believe in 1977, um, in which all sorts of violence was occurring, looting, arson that lasted 25 hours and was sparked by lightning strikes at a couple of power plants. But there was, get these stats, 3,800 arrests, 1,037 fires, and more than a billion in damages. Uh, both LaGuardia and Kennedy Airport were shut down, commuter train lines were halted, and 4,000 people were evacuated from the subway. So it was a mess in 77. I don't know if there was actually a blackout that occurred in 1981. If so, it was certainly a lower profile blackout than this one, but... Just maybe inspiration for... Exactly. It's getting a little bit of inspiration. Um, um, In context. My power went out last night. Oh, well, I'm glad you have it back tonight. So It was spooky. It it was at 7.08 p.m. because I called in the um, utilities company, which is the city, uh, to let them know and yeah it was rainstorm it was it was it wasn't thunder it was like wet windy stormy it was right before bedtime for my oldest and so we got all the candles out and stuff and it was really fun but it was actually pretty spooky mm, she kept... got a ouija board and oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> but we did have like little halloween candles and like lanterns and stuff out and we had a little campfire uh, but she kept running up and down those hallways going like, I'm being very careful, dad. I'm being very careful, dad. It's dark. It's dark. Scary, scary. Oh, like that's my girl. But she was brave anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so when I saw this episode was Baca, I was like, yo, bring it on. Uh, I mean, obviously, recent reference for you. So into the blackout we go. Um, before we dive in, I want to say, as always, you can reach out to us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com with your theories, comments, questions, anything you want to, you know, put forth, you can also DM us on Facebook or comment on our page directly at facebook.com slash this American horror story. You can find us on YouTube as Chris noted at, um, I think this American horror story, YouTube, um, just again, look up our Facebook page. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, you know, we're, we're multi-platform these days. So yeah, there you go. You're not allowed to personalize your YouTube address anymore until you've like been around for a certain amount of time or have so many subscribers or something like that. So, so we're like, it'd be like youtube.com slash a bunch of gobbledygook. Um, Capital T, lowercase a. Right. So the link is on our Facebook page though. So go there to find it or just search in YouTube. Maybe hopefully we're starting to show up for this American uh, horror story podcast. Yeah. Hopefully so uh chris did you refill your drink between last episode and this episode i did and i'm just slowly working mine down so i still got my uh my local cider with a hot cider what's well, more like lukewarm now with a little bit of bourbon what do you got mm. you're doing a good job nursing i finished off my <laughs> my uh cider uh with some ryan at this tonight nice and i popped open a local beer so i am rearing to go to talk about black <laughs> do you want to take us into the cold open excellent uh yeah it is a very quick one we pick up right where we left off with gino stuck in the morgue in one of those body drawers cad- cadaver drawers um he's stuck in there he's you know trying to bang around and draw attention and 
Patrick is kind of wandering around the the hospital. I think he he catches a glimpse of Whiteley and tries to find him, but doesn't. So he kind of uses his detective skills, I'm assuming, um, to kind of track where he saw Whiteley and locate the direction and stairwell he's coming from, and then finds himself down in the morgue, looking in the exact room that Gino's stuffed away in, and he locates Gino and pulls him out and. Boom, we cut to the credits, not knowing if Gino's alive or not yet, but we quickly find out he did make it. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about with Gino in those drawers is like not just it being freezing, but I have to imagine there's no oxygen in there, right? Yeah. I, I mean, to keep it from exposure to the out, outside air, probably. I don't know. All right. So, you know, there was a limited time window. Um, so that's a location. giant morgue for a, for a hospital. I've been I've I've been in a morgue at a hospital before and it was not that big. I mean, maybe it's a giant hospital. It, it is New York City, so that would make sense. A lot of people die in hospitals, uh, but generally, I've, bodies... o- I've only ever seen morgues in movies and TV shows, so I don't have that in person experience. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I used to work in a pathology lab, and I have to go to the morgue every now and then. Did you know that? Yeah, it was yeah. it was sort of creepy. Yeah, but not really. I mean, if I was working in more that was in American Horror Story, absolutely. <laughs> ah, the twisting path to your background. I know. It's great. I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was written by Ned Martell, again, and our friend Charlie Carver, who impressive that he's been involved in the writing of these episodes, because I think the writing's been excellent. I think we both have mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this episode is directed by Jennifer Lynch. Moving into the body of the episode, back at home, you know, Gino and Patrick are covered in i think they say covered in fleas um fleas ticks i feel like there's a lot of talk about um you know small bitey bug borne disease mm-hmm. and so it's you know hard to tell exactly what's happening um or where it's coming from but also it's the hottest day of the year which is you know supposed to be the impetus for the power eventually you know going out um there's also the premise for in the heights the musical i think Written by Limit Wilmer. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't think that happened on the same day. No. But... <laughs> People love a good blackout in New York. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Gino's, you know, again, and this is probably, I think you hinted at last episode, but we start to, I feel like Gino is, I think Gino's a good character, but first of all, him and his Patrick Patrick's relationship, and then also just kind of Gino's cycle tends to, it's starting to feel a little bit re- like, I don't want to say redundant, but repeated yeah. as, you know, you know, it's back of the newspaper. He's pissed at Adam for like quoting himself instead of writing from his own point of view and not being more, you know, out there on the front lines of the battle. Uh, and then he goes to visit Patty Lapone, aka is, Kathy, at the bathhouse. This is where I screwed up last of our podcast episodes where I talked all about this. <laughs> well, I mean, they're so interconnected, right? He's on, he continues his investigative journey to all the different bars. Um, and I I thought this scene was kind of fun though when we first arrive and they've got that you singer, think it's her singing, anything goes yeah yeah which Patty Lapone starred in uh Tony nominated and like I looked it up in 1987 I think so yeah. she's kind of known for singing that song so she knows what she's uh looking for when she's yeah. looking for somebody who can sing a good rendition she well yeah she gets the job you know so well I know I like that it looks like she's gonna be like nah you know you know, you're not good enough. Get off my stage. But she's like, you're hired. Get off my stage. You know, <laughs> it was good. He was like very flattering to her. She was actually kind of polite. So I was a surprise. Right. Um, you know, Gino approaches her pretty confrontationally. 
he yeah. feels like he you comes know, hard. Yeah, Gino he, is he, unraveling. He's unraveling. He, he, he well, I mean, you know, he you can feel the urgency, I guess, and maybe it's supposed to be kind of a slow boil to the point where now he's like pouring over the sides of the pot. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. But he basically says that, like, um, well, this is also when she kind of insinuates that some of her funding comes from a shady place because she's like, "Do you know who I work for?" Right. Indicating also that like they could do some harm to you. But you know, he 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 threatens to spotlight kind of her her business and like what happened with i think it was the missing ready who Freddy, went yeah in the bathhouse um but you know they kind of have a back and forth and he finally gets her willing to agree to speak on the record um well he's finally this is what i said last time so he's finally honest and says like hey we, we just we need your help we, we need your help we need your help because it's like our voices are not enough we need outside voice i mean i, I say outside yeah. voices but i think he means beyond the you know beyond directly just the gay community we need other business leaders and stuff who i guess he feels like wheel more right. power in the city right 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 exactly and she she finally like also buys in after they talk about their italian and sicilian heritage <laughs> yeah cute. calabrian is that what he said yeah uh yeah and they get a drink um and he he basically she's like i don't i don't even know what i can do for you and he's like just speak on the record so you know she she goes into talking about just how much violence she's seen become rife in the community and how that's changed and her quote that she ends up putting on the record is something along the lines of you know she's a concerned business owner and is bothered basically that the police are not doing a better job to to investigate this it's a pretty powerful quote it is and i don't know that we know yet whether or not she holds that much sway um but it's still obviously a step forward to start to like expand the message beyond just you know gino and his newspaper and adam and i mean stuff like that um meanwhile patrick uh and um the partner he's with they are at <laughs> like uh I, I guess it's like a high rise it's not a high rise it's just an apartment building. apartment complex um, where, apartment some, where, where a murder is taking place or, so, or death is taking place um, and that's when we go in and see, uh, well, up, as we go up the stairs, we see the artist. Um, I think his name was Derek. Derek. I can't. I think. Okay. I I think I caught that toward the end of this episode, but I. We see him very upset coming down the stairs and handcuffs being arrested. We yeah. go up into the room. There's a terrible smell. And of course, Hans is on the bed. All sorts of like strange markings on his body. It sounds like some of it is just like contusions. Other stuff is like maybe the cat started to eat his decomposing body, yeah. which is very nasty. He's got sores. Like yeah, it's it's a it's a whole thing. Did this feel? Did this seven? Yes, exactly yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask you. You read my mind. I was gonna ask <laughs> if you do something else. Uh, pretty gruesome. Though, I right? mean, yeah, especially because he's a performer and he had his like face on still that it was just such a creepy almost you know posed body uh yeah it it was it was it gave me vibes of a cop show where they're investigating a serial killer and i loved it yeah and and as soon as you know basically well patrick first of all pushes for like you know not them basically not holding who will call derek in custody he's like this guy doesn't have anything to do with that i met him before Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, we we start to see in this episode, Patrick more actively fighting for his community, right? Mm-hmm. Including after everybody else leaves the room, he calls Gino in, I mean, as he we don't know that for sure, but it's insinuated that he does that just to leak the information because he gets called out on it by Mac later. Right. Um, back at Sam's apartment, we see Theo return 
Uh, and, and this is after, I think, the first time they've seen each other since Theo was in the fire at the Ascension. Uh, and uh, Sam says something pretty creepy, like he wants to lick the ash off of him to see if he can, like, I guess it was, like, taste the skin of other people. I didn't know, like, the charred skin of others. I didn't know what oh. that was about. Oh, I took no. it to a dark place, maybe. You sure did. I, I thought he just meant, like, did you hook up with someone else? I want to taste the other person on you. Oh, maybe that, too. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like, oh, I don't Jesus. know. I, I was following the path of Sam you went, in the darkness here. Exactly, exactly. You followed Sam. Well, which fits with this scene, because, I mean, as it's... Theo soon tells Sam, you are surrounded by darkness, and I don't really know who you are anymore, what you're capable of. Well, uh, it it's 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 a theme that we're starting to get is what's the line between pleasure through snm and you know domination and submissive and violence mm -hmm, exactly and it sounds like i mean we get the impression that for sam those lines are getting quite blurred mm -hmm. uh in fact they kind of both talk about the fact that like someday sam might kill theo in a way that like no one neither one of them seems to really have an answer mm -hmm. as to whether or not sam's capable of that right right but Sam does actively threaten to take away everything, including basically the identity that Theo's carved for himself through Sam's money. Right. Then they have that exchange where, like, they're maybe going to call 911, and I, it's not really 100% clear like, what's he exactly what he's going to yeah. say. Like, I think it, was, um, it was written for tension, but it didn't really didn't fully land. Make I, sense. I, yeah. I don't think the 911 call needed to happen. I think it was strong enough without yeah. it, you know? Yeah, the breakup was happening that's what we were there for not that he's going to turn him in for he doesn't know it because there's no evidence for anything besides he thinks he's dark right theo says he's met somebody that person is adam yeah and we soon see them connect after so adam leaves the newspaper after getting yelled at again by gino uh, for not treating stuff as the emergency level to be treated as basically and so adam walks home we see that at this point he's being watched out of a side view mirror i don't think we know who this is is it sam is it somebody else we're not fully sure um but adam finds well it might not be sam because we know sam doesn't drive his own car so it's, mm -hmm. who knows it could be whitely or big daddy or somebody else but adam finds theo on his front doorstep theo says you were right i'm done with sam he confesses he can't stop thinking about him uh i don't know they're kind of a cute couple right uh they're like theo i I like these characters um theo's yeah. growing on me a little bit he was a little obnoxious in the beginning but he's really turned out to be this kind of like guy who wants to find real love or so we think we'll find out um but what bothers me is it's supposed to be sweltering out there and all these people are walking around in jeans and theo's wearing leather black leather pants obviously no shirt barely because he's jacked but why is everyone not, why are you not in shorts <laughs> Hey, Chris, fashion, bro. I mean, of all Ugh. people, you got to know that. It's all sweaty. Ugh. I'm <laughs> there. And then you want to hook up with people? Oh, Lord. I mean, hey, sweat is a lubricant. Oh, so. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they they have a pretty passionate scene. Like, in, uh, there's an interesting, like, fade out as they kind of, you know, start to really get into their intimacy. Mm -hmm. And we, you know. They wake we, up, um, Theo has to go somewhere, and Adam has like this weird, ominous voicemail that I don't know. I didn't fully understand the voicemail before the power goes out. It was sound like it was a creepy, crackly sound. I could not make it out, and we watch this without subtitles because it's not on available on because we're not streaming it. Yeah. So I'm not sure what it if we're supposed to make something out in there or not, but 
you know, it does seem like it could possibly be what we later in, in the episode we hear or we see Whiteley on the phone and it could be some like him leaving a message, perhaps. Yeah. But I, I mean, kind of unclear at this point, just kind of ominous. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but then he gets a call from Morris. Here's about the blackout party at the warehouse and decides he's going to head there. Meanwhile, Max this is like in, this is oh, like a ahead. part in the scary movie where. Like in Scream, like, oh, there's a killer on the loose. There's three dead bodies. Let's have a teenage party over at, the, at that house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's like that, like, this is really the time you're yeah. deciding to do that. Let's all congregate in the same location because there's possibly multiple serial killers out there targeting our community. Let's all... Let's... <laughs> but, well, but jumping ahead, this is exactly the frustration that Derek has. And then Adam yep. kind of corroborates is like, why are you guys... What are you doing? doing? Yeah, you're putting yourself in immediate danger, just being like totally careless yep. when this is going on. So it's not like they're totally oblivious to that, which I appreciate. I mean, the smart ones. Yeah. Yes, yes. Meanwhile, uh, Mac and Patrick have a interaction in which Patrick, uh, well, first of all, he Mac is kind of pushing Patrick on like, where are these leaks coming from that are appearing in Gino's newspaper? And that's when Pat finally kind of takes the initiative to come out of the closet to his captain. Uh, Then, so we kind of, I mean, this is a series of like, we see the blackouts happening and when it's happening for different people. Mm -hmm. So then it happens for uh, Patrick at the, you know, sorry, at the um, police station. And soon after we see him in the switchboard when he gets that inbound call from Whiteley, who basically says he's going to go massacre people in the streets because when is he ever going to get this opportunity again? Yeah, he's sick and tired of going to the bars that smell disgusting. Now he can just do it out in the open. There you go. Um, and we are we know already that like uh, Whiteley has a little bit of an obsessive compulsive disorder, so it kind of tracks with that. And then you know Barbara shows up at Gino's house right before the blackout happened as well. Gino and Patrick's condo with some more pad intel. This time she found a leather mask. Um. I don't think that this is insinuating that Pat Patrick is big daddy. He doesn't have, I mean, we all, we also see them in the, the park together later. So I don't think we know. Yeah. That, but... I, I think that's what she thinks it is though. I think that's what she thinks it is. It's not clear to me. I mean, Gino already knew he was into the leather stuff from the last time they had a confrontation. So and he I guess says as much. Like, right. So I don't fully know what, like it, the, maybe the mask is just like a step further in terms of like, revealing what his kinks are i i don't know exactly what that's supposed to tell us she yeah she's like she says like i see a lot of you and me or something like that and you know i'm just begging you to like just ask patrick the truth Mm -hmm. because she's worried and she close she says i i guess i didn't know him at all right um let me let me jump back to let's stick with patrick and gino for a second and then we'll revisit adam uh, Patrick runs into Big Daddy in Central Park when he's kind of out looking for Whiteley, I think, at that point in time, uh, swinging like one of those like Renaissance uh, morning star morning stars. Yeah. Um, clearly not a, not a like fake vision because that thing like really slammed into us like a payphone, I'm pretty sure. And Patrick even shoots at him at like point blank range, though, and it doesn't seem to do anything. That was kind of a little bit. So maybe here here's a good point to bring up this question. Is Big Daddy real? If you think that they're imagining the morning star? I've what about the know, Molotov cocktail? 
he didn't throw that, right? Or did he throw he did. that? I did he throw he that? Was, yeah. Okay. Could be him. Could be a poser. Copycat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people referencing him as sort of an angel of death. Like he shows up. We yes, somebody threw the Molotov cocktail. That's true. Um, but we also haven't actually seen anyone die. Right. We've never seen anyone actually be murdered. We've seen dead bodies. No. Yeah, we we've have not we've, seen anyone murdered. Exactly. Which is more the angel of death vibe, like appears right before somebody dies. But right. We've never actually seen the scene of right. kill somebody. So obviously there is someone killing people out there, but we haven't. And we, anyway, I'm just a little worried that I just hope we don't go the route where like we did in hotel where um, the detective is that all along or something? I don't yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I mean uh, like 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 a sixth sense vibe. Yeah. Or or no, the that the our seemingly protagonist is also the antagonist, okay. the killer. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, but so that that was just something that um I know I think Bryce had sent a message um to me, actually, that I think that that's a theory that's out there. Oh yeah. Okay. But you're right. We did see the Molotov cocktail being thrown in. So that kind of throws that theory possibly a little bit. But hmm. who knows? I mean, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, the other thing I was going to recall. Unless it was the doorman from Sam's place. Well, no, but that's it, <laughs> that's where it gets confusing. Is like, it, like, again, like that seems like a real person because Stu acknowledged the doorman. And I'm pretty sure it's a different physique. It's like a similar outfit, but a different physique. A little bigger. Yeah. Um, anyway, a little bit tough to decide. Yeah. So who, who knows for sure? Either way. Also, it's worth noting that Theo thinks that Big Daddy is dead. Apparently dead. has that intel from Sam. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's that's out there for one reason or another, yet unclear as it, how it fits into the storyline. Right, right. Well, that was a little bit of a tangent for you, but Patrick uh, is found by his partner in the in the woods. Patrick's found by his partner again. He doesn't find the um, he doesn't find Big Daddy. And the next time we see Patrick, he's back at home with Gino, where he kind of proudly he he proudly says, "You know what? I finally did it. I finally came out. I am now out at work as a gay cop in the New York City Police Department." Which, as you said, is like the big deal, like a huge deal, and they and probably a big deal even today, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a, a huge deal in the '80s, certainly, and we've already seen how homophobic the New York City Police Department is in you know in this season. Um, but Gino doesn't seem to really, at this point, care as much about that. It's more about the, Patrick's ongoing lies, and he asks him about the mask. He demands the truth, and Patrick confesses that basically he's cheated a lot on Gino. Um, he's really into the leather stuff. He's never really been interested in bringing Gino into the leather stuff. He, and, and that's kind of where Gino calls him out is it's like, the thing is that like you get off on kind of the subversion, like, you know, being secretive about it and the lies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep. And that might be something that they might not be able to get over in their relationship. Patrick's like insatiable craving for this kind of stuff. Um, and that's when Gino appears to have a heart attack and we wake up. And we, I don't think we learned it's not a heart attack. It's just he's very sick. Wake up at the hospital. They find Gino has a fever and an enlarged lymph node. Um, and I think the nurse says he had the hallmarks of cat scratch fever. And mm-hmm. I was digging into this slightly before we got on here. Yeah. And there's a 1989 study that basically uh, talked about how 
this cat scratch fever is like the because it's like a some kind of signifier of somebody who has a compromised immune system if you catch it because um i guess if you were to get scratched by a cat in this way and you didn't have a compromised immune system it would become nothing so if you get like this fever based on a cat scratch you have a, a you know here you know the deduction is you have a compromised immune system and that happened to be the case of a lot of people who had hiv so it got connected to hiv in that way yep uh and you know i mean that's kind of that kind of wraps the patrick Sto- gino storyline for this episode is there anything you want to say hear about that mm, not not with their storyline um i'm glad gina's okay but like i said he's completely unraveled at this point and it's just it just seems so stressed and frustrated and spiraled into you know a medical condition which maybe explained a, a, a why he has been freaking out so much but his I don't know. He, I hope we don't lose him too much and he doesn't get sidelined because he's he's a pretty great investigator for what's happening in the story. Although he keeps getting caught and almost murdered. So he needs, I, I know. He needs to chill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam, so Sam picks up Adam in the car and basically suggests to Adam that he will bribe him to not see Theo anymore. Uh, at that point, basically, Adam turns him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's hard to tell exactly where this tension is going to go, but clearly Sam has like a, Sam talks about himself, I think in last, or is it early in this episode or last episode being like a collector of people. Mm-hmm. And you get the sense that Theo is one of his prized possessions in that realm, especially because yeah. he's broken up into the celebrity photographer. Right. And he says that, and I mentioned this earlier, but Theo, he, he has a, this issue with getting bored and mm-hmm. then and once he gets bored he tries to move on but then he gets bored with that person then he always returns to uh sam and sam even said like you know don't come back this time or whatever they broke up he said something along those lines so adam sort of clued in a little bit more on possibly um what theo could do or maybe it's sam just being manipulative and trying to put a wedge in between them already so it doesn't happen so he can keep his most prized possession theo right um, and I, so Adam got picked up on the way to the warehouse with Sam, gets out of the car, does go to the warehouse. And that's where we already talked about uh, who the artist who we think is Derek, basically shining a spot, like a flashlight on all these people and being like, what are you doing in the dark corners? Like, this is exactly where you're going to get murdered. You need to wake up. And Adam kind of runs in and effectively says the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Derek reveals the truth about how Hans and how he had got sick. So we're not just talking about, again, people getting murdered like with weapons we're talking about dying through disease and as well um so i mean they're effectively i mean the alarm's been raised and the message is going out at this point in time um but we do have this group of like i i expect shortly after this derek and then i don't know that we know the name of the guy who's like the proprietor of the warehouse yeah the the head guy i i can't remember his name yeah, and they are wandering in Central Park, and that's when they happen to stumble across Whiteley uh, wielding a, beh- head? a head. Yeah, that's um, what I thought it was. That's I mean, the In the beginning, it was kind of hard to see as things were going down when the blackout happened because it's dark and 
I need to change the settings on my TV. But I thought that was a I thought that was a head. Okay. Oh, it, it's a head, and I'm I I think maybe he has a bowling ball bag. I'm not entirely sure. He, he later <laughs> says it's groceries and then it's expiring meat, which is pretty yeah. nasty. Um, but they very uh, courageously or stupidly follow him home and get into a very tiny elevator with him. As the power goes out in the elevator, and you know, after trying to make pleasant conversation for a minute, he's like, "Ah, why am I lying to you guys? I already know you're on to me, and I'm just gonna murder you." And he whips out a giant knife just in time for the episode to end. That was a spooky scene. That had tension. That was the biggest horror scene I think that we've had this season. There's been a few kind of creepy ones where the stalking and the the big daddy and stuff like that. But getting into an elevator with no exit, when he when he stopped, he's like, come on, I'm holding it for you. I was like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then they get in. I was like, there were a couple that were creepy. And um, well, this was I think this was last episode, the one where um, Patrick goes to the warehouse and then follows the guy like back into the shadows. Like that felt ominous to like something like. Mm-hmm. Something was going to jump out around him, or he was going to be attacked back there too. So there's been a couple scenes, but yeah, that was there was a lot of tension there because obviously we know who Whiteley is and what he's capable of. Yeah, he's, he seems like a big dude, right? He's like got to be six something. Yeah, I think he's he's fairly tall, and yeah. the two things I've seen him in, but yeah, 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 doesn't seem um, the most particularly athletic. Uh... <laughs> no, he's not. In, I mean, he's certainly not in the same shape as Isaac Powell or Charlie Carver and right. these guys, but yeah um you know he's he's not a small dude right um and that's kind of where the episode wraps basically is with uh that brandishing of the knife and the tiny elevator so i think for derek and his poor friend i, I can't imagine a happy ending yeah uh, have you seen the preview i did not stay to watch the preview they are well it's in the preview so it's not giving it away they are still alive but they are captured <laughs> Oh, okay. So he's taking my prisoner. Well, I mean, well, kind of. We, remember we, how we Gino, Gino, so he's yeah. gonna like. I think it's a similar stitch. Oh, that's uh, probably not the best idea to have followed him home in that way. So right, you know, life without cell phones, right? It's kind of hard to think about, but it was a different time, and uh, you know, previously they could have called the cops on the cell phone as they were following him. Not that the cops are listening anyway in the nineteen eighties, but no, I feel yeah. like. D- you know, thinking about this episode, I, I I was trying to think about what was the purpose for the blackout? Because, you know, generally when things happen, it's in in service of the story. I don't think any of these things needed a blackout to happen. It's a cool thing to, you know, occur to up the tension i guess i guess that's why you used it then yeah that's it's the device to ratchet up the tension because it's in the dark and you're fearful and crime's going up and so that it does add some stakes that way so that i'll take that back yeah um i have a question for you yes hit me who is the killer is it someone we know or is there a killer is it just the ticks are there multiple killers? Well, I think there's multiple killers for sure. Um, obviously, there's no doubt Whiteley's a killer. Right. Um, is Sam a killer? I kind of don't think so. I feel like it's too obvious. Is Patrick a killer? 
I kind of don't think so either. If he um, is, that would be going the hotel route. Yeah, I don't think Patrick's a killer either. Um, and I don't think Gino is, obviously. I don't think Adam is, obviously. I don't know if there's another character who's a serial killer. In the, I don't know. What I do could... Think? I mean, I could feel like Barbara has some secret that we don't know about yet because she's just being really weird. <laughs> like She is being really weird. I've got a complaint about Barbara, but I'll yeah. save that for the rating of this episode. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just start doing mine then. Um, Barbara's a little weird. I think Patrick still has a secret. Um, obviously, Barbara's really pushing it, and he keeps confessing more and more, but I don't know what more he can confess unless he's like, I'm, I'm a killer also. Um, well, and clearly we know he has a penchant, like an appetite for violence, violence after we see him use the cat of nine tails. Right. Um, I do think I'm looking forward to seeing an actual death scene happen just so I can kind of get more information, but because clearly they're holding their cards close to their chest with how these happen. Um, unless it just turns out to be like it follows and it's like a sexually transmitted killer it's all it's like all metaphorical yeah which then it's so blatantly literal of how aids is spread or hiv is spread that it's i would i'd be disappointed if it if it is just that yeah <laughs> at the end they're like and well, we've discovered... ex- well i mean obviously it'd be hard to explain some of the i don't know the fact that like we people are like seeing big daddy and being chased by him in the park i don't know i would be i i think I would have some issues with it too if that's what it ends up ultimately being. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we're only four episodes. Well, we're already four episodes in, so we have six to go. Um, This episode, I feel like spun its wheels. I mentioned that uh, earlier. And primarily in the Sam and in the relationships in Sam and Theo, that was like, we've already heard them argue before. We didn't need all like the fake out of I'm going to call the cops because there's nothing you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Gino and Patrick, as well acted as they are, we've been down this path before. We've seen this their relationship every episode. Yeah. yeah, you're uh-huh. not doing this. You're not doing that. You should do this. Okay, then he does. Like it's like we got it. <laughs> um, but they like all these actors are doing a fantastic job with it. It's just let's let's keep it moving here. The slow burns still happening. Get back to the investigation uh, or a chase scene. So I I, I did like it in some senses when they're investigating i'm not liking it when we're dealing with relationship beats that we've already hit fair enough um so many questions still but i am excited to see where it goes i would give this episode um i'm gonna give it 3.75 uh my ties what 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 about you what do you think I, I I think you you nailed a lot of the same feedback. I was going to say that Gino in particular, his character, I feel like um, this episode kind of starts to expose him as being, I don't know, I felt like some parts of him were just kind of on loop where it was like, we've seen you yell at Adam before for not being alarmed enough about the situation. I feel like, like Adam's we, working his ass off. He was just in a fire also, like give him, cut him some slack. <laughs> well, and he yells at him for it two times in this episode. Yeah, two, yeah. Two times in this episode, um, you know, you know, we see him go to every bath has an interview, everybody, which that was fine. I mean, that was also partly our last episode, too. Yeah. And I actually liked his his interview with Patty LaPone. But then, yeah, again, you know, looping the same conversation with Patrick again. And I do feel like they did not need to have Leslie Grossman slash Barbara show up with an additional leather fine. I know. I, found I, it. Feel, 
that's yeah, like, that almost just seemed like another way to see her. Uh, I feel like I would have preferred it if like Gino, here's how I would have done it. I think Gino should have found, because clearly Patrick has a leather stash at home. It's hiding. I think Gino should have found Patrick's current leather stash and questioned him about it since he'd already lied. And then Barbara shows up with the mask later or something like that, right? Or vice versa, where like she shows up with the first round and he's like, oh, this is something from my past. And then he finds the mask on the house now. And it's like, oh, you're still doing this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like either one of those ways we could have like made work more. But the fact that it's just like Barbara's just going to keep showing up. Keep showing up with like, house gun. Yeah, she's going to have like handcuffs him and a whip and be like, oh, I just found this, you know? It's like, um, how many more secret places do you have in your house yeah. that you're still finding, <laughs> finding things? Um, so I agree with you that that part felt a little bit um, rewound. And I also think that you're like, from a, just a setting perspective, the blackout was kind of fun, but yeah. I don't I don't know how much we really got into the like the implications of the blackout. Because um, we're like, People were already getting murdered on the streets before. I know Whitley's like, I can I can run a rampage, but like it's not like people weren't getting murdered in Central Park and on the streets and stuff otherwise before this. Um true. So I, I mean, I think for those reasons, I think it's like this this episode, I think 3.75 is a good, a good a good space for it, just compared to the rest of the season. Cause again, it felt a little bit like if we're thinking about things that got progressed here. Patrick came out to Mac. That was the thing. Theo left Sam for Adam. That's kind of a plot progression. Um, and then, of course, I guess I guess Hans dying, which is just another dead body. But we're not fully sure what the, like the implications on the plot for that are. But otherwise, like, am I missing? I you know, I mean, I guess the guy's following Whiteley Helm at the end, but we're not really sure how that's going to play out quite yet either. We could have condensed the three and four, possibly. Yeah. I mean, look, at we got through talking about both of these relatively quickly compared to last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we still enjoyed them, but um, just like, all right, I, pick, you know, pick it I up. Guess, <laughs> well, you could say opportunities for character development, which I think there were, but I also feel like the character and development got a little bit muddled with some of the repetitiveness. Right. And we already knew these character beats. You know, let's yeah. see them evolve or grow or make a different choice that forces them to grow or something happened to them that makes them grow. Gino's getting the most things happening to him, you know, <laughs> poor, guy. poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we can't hold it. If Patrick has another secret, we can't hold out on it that much longer because I feel like we're just getting strung along. Like, yeah, it's yeah. got to be. It's either he's it's either all his cats are out of the bag or there's the big secret needs to come out next episode. Yeah. But. So that's right, man. I think that puts us at a three, three, that's six, seven, seven and a half, seven and a half. So not bad. bad. I mean, I think overall the seasons is like we've been talking about this. It's, it's definitely compelling. I'm excited to see what's happening next week. I'm learning a lot about this time in history. Uh, I'm liking all the allusions to a variety of different things. I want to see where it's going. So yeah. in any way we're being critical, I think it's only in the context of looking at each episode from episode to episode and you know trying to be kind of the the uh pseudo critics we are. But definitely enjoying it and uh looking forward to next week. Uh Chris, where can people find you between now and next week? Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. Uh and on and our YouTube. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? You can find me on those platforms as well, uh under the, the handle T J Moss 
TJ Moss 11. But also, um, you can reach out to us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. Uh, thanks. Thank you all for joining us on this late evening. You're not up as late as we are, but you were up late too, watching till midnight in most cases. So, man, <laughs> this season is just uh, pushing us to be up late. Um, until next week, and episodes five and six again this week. This season's flying by, but um, until then, happy hauntings. <laughs>